Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hey Andrea. Hi Leanne. I still want to talk about your hair. You can. So it's not relaxed, you just straightened it because you had time off. Uh, Do you have a day off? I had a Saturday all to myself. That's unheard of in the voice world. I did. I had a whole Saturday just for me. I had the day off yesterday and all I did was go for dinner with one of my best friends. I haven't seen her for a while. That's nice. We had Thai food. Mm. And we had this thing called a gang musman, which has like sweet potato in it and beef. And it's like a kind of... I'm so feeling a little bit dribbly now. I'm so um, it's like a sort of um, it's like a sort of curry. It's like a Thai curry, a red Thai curry, but red it's Thai really Thai kind Thai. of delicate flavors. Mm. And oh my goodness, and it's got cashews in it and like shallots and oh, sticky rice. That's a good way oh. to have a day off, though. It's so just good. Food. I had to go all the way to Victoria for it. I mean, I mean say it's worth it. all the way. It's not that difficult. It's not that far from you. I know. I live on the Victoria line. It's not even a thing. <laughs> it's twenty minutes. <laughs> but like, I know. But I had to walk and everything. It was delicious. Mm. And then I kept telling the woman who owns the shop, like owns not shop, owns the restaurant, how delicious it was, and she's like, "Yeah, I know." And I'm like, "No, but it's just like creamy it's really and good. luxurious." And she's like, "So you enjoyed it?" I'm like, "Yeah, big tip. Sure, love it." <laughs> I wish people would tell me how much they liked my voice work. Yeah, after class. It's like, Andre, this is just. I had a student who used to come and shake my hand at the end of session. That is so nice. Yeah, annoyed me. He's very sweet, but I was like, what are you doing? Like, shake my hand at the end of the year. Not right now. It's okay. Tuesday afternoon. Come on. I've got young ones who are quite into hugging, and I and I won't allow it. Oh no! Don't hug your teachers. I don't 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 hug me. It's just well, on a practical thing, it's just germs, isn't it? It's just like <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your germs. <laughs> on a practical level, it's just germs. I thought you were going to be like it's safeguarding. Oh yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> ew, they probably are gross. Um yeah, safeguarding. <laughs> yeah, that. You've gone all pink. And that's what you want. <laughs> so, Andre, in a word, no, in a sound and a movement, <laughs> how do you feel? Oh, how do I feel? Um, I thought that was it. <clears throat> oh, maybe it should be. I like that. That's it. I'll, Is that what you're going to yeah, choose? I'll just keep that. Now that I've second guessed you. Leon, in a sound and a movement, how do you feel? I feel like I've done that one before. I think they're, they're, you've got various variations of something happening with your tongue and your lips and the sound. Mm. I just feel a bit sort of, I don't know, discombobulated. Mm. That's how I feel. I love that word. It's a great word. Great word. So, what are we talking about today? Connection. Mm. Deep. Deep. deep, deep, deep connection. Deep. Um, I wonder, like, I wonder if there's a world in which you can have a not deep connection. Can you have just a surface connection? I mean, I know an app that does that. Really? Yeah, Instagram. Sure. Surface connection. Boom. <laughs> also, Grinder. Totally different podcast. But <sighs> Tinder's kind of like that too. Yeah, Tinder. <laughs> Ugh. 
there's no way for us to do like voice and grinder and voice and tenders there. I think this is a production meeting that we need to have after this. Yeah, we'll we'll, sure. we'll debate and we'll come back. But like the, the I mean I find it really I went to a networking event last week. Yeah. Sure. I do networking events now. Ooh. It was fantastic. fabulous. It was about Polari, which is a language. Mm-hmm. It was a Yes. yes. Okay, clandestine underground <laughs> gay language yes. that came from sort of Turkish and Yiddish mm-hmm. and bits of other stuff. So many things came from Yiddish. I just want to say that. Like, <laughs> can I get an amen? Um, <laughs> can I get an amen? Um, so, yeah, so that <coughs> Polari was this language that was invented um, by gay men when being gay was illegal and it still exists in different places in the world but a version of a polari in various parts of the world exist where gay men are persecuted Mm. to this day and sometimes it exists in theatre lots of people talk about things in theatre using terms in polari not so much in like theatre theatre but in opera they often do Mm, I know people who work in opera who use lots of Polari terms. Anyway, so I went to this event and I was talking to people and they kind of don't even really know the people they work with. Hmm. They spend seven, eight hours a day with these people and they kind of don't know anybody. Mm. One guy said to me, oh no, I'm head of IT. I don't talk to anyone. I was like, what do you mean you don't talk to anyone? He said, oh, I don't like talking to people. I'd much rather they sent me an email. I was like, huh. Here's my card. I specialise in communication <laughs> skills. And um, he was... He was a really nice guy. Like, he was really communicative. He was really interesting. He mm. was, you know... Could form a sentence. Sometimes rare. Important. Sometimes rare, but important. also true. And important. And... Yeah, he just didn't want to have a connection with anybody else. In the room. You know what? So, this is... Okay. This... So... There are multiple things to this, but I, and I just want—I just want to talk about that for a second because okay. I find <coughs> that people do want to have a connection. They want to have a connection that they can control, though, <gasps> right? Yeah. Like it's not like it's not like I don't want to—I don't want to interact with anyone. Like you very rarely meet people because they don't want to meet you, mm. um, who don't want to connect with anyone or anything. But oftentimes. Um, it's because probably because we have so much control over various things in our life now that we didn't before in previous um, in previous years and decades. And they want to control how they interact with you. So, no, I don't want to talk to you on the phone, mm. but I want you to send me a text message. <gasps> or, yeah. no, I don't want you to send me a text message. I'd rather you email me. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? So there's like a caveat to the connection. Yeah, it's a connection I want to... On my terms. It's, on Yeah, exactly. And it's, well, I think a, most of it has to do with rejection, isn't it? It's a lot easier to be rejected in an email than it is to be rejected kind of in person. Sometimes, depending on who's doing it. Um, I get fabulous rejections. But um, <laughs> <laughs> to be hashtagged. Um, <laughs> but I think there is something re- about vulnerability in that. And that, like, mm. oh, if I'm behind a screen, I'm not as vulnerable if um, than if I'm standing in front of you. This is totally my experience of life right now. <laughs> and I am actively trying to rally against it <laughs> with the help of my therapist. Mm. Sure. But 
so much of the world is unconnected or disconnected mm. from real life yeah. because you are hiding behind a screen mm. that when you start to have a conversation with somebody in real life they kind of don't necessarily know how to handle that kind of conversation yeah so what they end up doing is delaying their response mm. or skirting an issue and talking about something else mm. or just ignoring it and changing the subject yeah and what often happens with n- interactions that are not face to face is that there is a sort of superficiality to it mm. but also because there aren't really any stakes mm. you you're you might hurt somebody's feelings but you don't it doesn't matter because you're detached from it this is taking me straight back to like i know it was msn here <laughs> but like i got like yeah. aim aol um, yeah because you, would, you, would, you would like if you had a crush on someone or whatever it was they would normally ask you out via Sure. internet yep. instant messaging first yep. um, and if you got a no you know you had the night to cry about it at home um, on your phone with your friends or whatever it was sure. um, but it was in the privacy of that mm-hmm. rather than going to school and being rejected in person and yeah. having to walk around school for the rest of the day being like oh. just crying in the toilet for yeah, god's just, sake yeah. yeah sure <laughs> like a normal person yeah yeah like that's what toilets are for aren't they crying in sure girls toilets definitely I think we used to write stuff in them. Did you? Yeah. Oh, we didn't bother. Yeah, we did. Nobody took a Sharpie. Ugh. We did. The, the, we're having a real nostalgic <laughs> episode. It's about 90. Like, because we used to have them on, like, keychains. Like, the, um, the what? Sharpies. Did you? Yeah. You didn't have Sharpie keychains? No. Again, you're quite much younger than me. <laughs> Moving on. That's not important. Um, yeah, so so there's something, there's something about connection mm. in that. And... Um, and then I like this. Like I want to get onto connection and acting and, and, sure. and voice. Sure, but I think we need to like just that. get this out of our system first. Yeah, we do because then I just thought about connection and culture, because for me coming to I know I, I put a big I sure. put a big one out there. Um, coming <laughs> to the UK, connection works a tiny bit differently. Um, it's not it, and it, weirdly enough, I was talking to a couple of students about this before, um, and they were saying every time I'm in a meeting with an American, they were doing like international business or something. When I'm in a meeting with Americans, they seem quite comfortable talking to you and definitely talking at you. That's a whole other conversation. Sure, but um, they just seem more comfortable with it. Where he was saying, you know, in my culture, he was like, we are not brought up to be comfortable with that kind of communication Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about it and I was like you know we get class participation like awards in America and you get like attendance (laughs) awards but you get points for being loud and being extroverted Mm. and that is considered um, not only a good form of of connection and communication but a valued form of Mm. connection Um, which could be great on some like on some aspects because you're like oh we create quite um great speakers and speakers and things of that nature but if you're say more on the introverted side of it then you can get punished for not being as great of a extrovert or somebody who's Mm. really good at connecting in that way but then you also get this sort of superficiality of extrovertedness insofar as if you're if you'll pardon the mention of the man 
the president of the United States of America, who is, let's be honest, remarkably superficial mm. and is remarkably extroverted mm. and is very much about the sort of bluster yeah. and is very sort of forthright and front foot about things, which in some respects, perhaps in business, where he claims to have been successful, that might be of benefit. Yeah. But within other aspects and, and sort of spheres of existence, perhaps not. Yeah. And it's like, it's a very specific kind of connection, isn't it? Mm. It's really specific. And it's not the connection that I teach. Um, <laughs> but because it's... it's Stop always, feeling and just show me. <laughs> I was like, just show me what you're doing. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want any feeling involved. Can you imagine? <laughs> What is this feeling? I mean, this is a whole other level. Can you imagine? I don't know. Can you imagine? No, don't. Stop it. Please do imagine. (laughs) Um, There there is. That's like, that's like a whole, there's a whole different level because that's, that is, it is very superficial. Um, Yeah. And if you poke it, it kind of deflates. Yeah. 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 It crumbles and like, yeah. And that's not what I want my class. (laughs) No. But then in terms of, but then I think it's really important to have that context to understand that, you know. Like there's there's face to face connection where something really sort of makes sense, or you can sort of see the whites of somebody's eyes and see whether or not they're lying to you or not. Okay. And then, do you know what I mean? You're kind of like, interesting. You totally had shifty behaviour when you said that, yeah. which you don't get from speaking to somebody via email or by text message. And also, you also don't get prosody, so you don't get subtext. Yes. So then things are misconstrued, which yeah. is why, and lots of people have been talking oh, about it in the last few weeks, yeah. Twitter and people being offended by things. And yeah. you're like, well, I might not have meant it in the way that it came across because you've read it with your subtext mm-hmm. as opposed to my subtext. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of people, as we've also discussed on a number of occasions, mm. don't have to... Mm, People don't necessarily read the subtext or the options for subtext yeah. that are contained within a piece of text. Yeah. So what happens is, is the first thing that occurs to them has to be the right thing. Mm-hmm. And what we know from working on complex texts with actors is that sometimes your first choice is not the best choice. And sometimes your first choice is not the only choice. Mm-hmm. And then we have to go, hey, might it also mean this? I hope your first choice is not the only choice. <laughs> <laughs> really hope so. Because <laughs> that choice... Because that is not a great choice. Do you know Um, what I mean? So there's like this kind of thing about being offended or being, or whatever. And also like the text. And so people are going to take things on face value, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that there is no face value to it. Insofar as there's no expression in it. It's literally just the words on a page or the words on a screen. This is so deep because I was thinking about like two things. So I'm thinking about the intent, right? Because mm-hmm. I got into a big, um, because there's still this kind of thing about the authorial um, <sighs> intent. Right. Um, so the author's intent of a text. Um, okay. And whether that means anything in terms of your connection to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, like, you know, if I'm doing poetry and I ask them to go out and get a poem, um, it might, because they might say, oh, this is my favorite po- poet. And this is a story about the poem, and I feel connected to the story of the poem, and then the pro- the process of it, and then mm. the actual product, which is the poem itself. Mm. Um, fine, fantastic. 
um, how do how do I put that into per, the performance of it though? Is yeah. that is is how is that going to impact your performance? Does it impact your performance? Mm. Um, is it something that we're looking at the the micro of it? Is it a particular word, a particular sound that is repeated that you like or that you? Um, I don't know. I was I was um, I was writing this thing for a conference that I'm speaking of. Um, oh. Yes, um, which I'll talk about later. But um, uh, and I was I was talking about the, the fact that a word can have so many different connections to you. Absolutely. And it could be that could be a dialect thing. Like you might have it could be an accent thing. So I've got a lot of students who are like, well, sometimes I say bath and sometimes I say bath, and when we really dig into it, they don't. But there are certain words that that can happen with, right? That you can say, if you go to America, that you might say a restroom, and you come to the UK and you say toilet. Um, and those are very specific geographic things, but they bring with them both a social um, construction to it, um, a cultural construction to it, and also an emotion to it. Mm. Like, So, yes, it, it serves a function in terms of a connection to what group do I belong to? Am I British? Am I American? Right. But then what was I doing in that moment? Were they pleasant? Mm. Was it a pleasant interaction where I had to keep do, saying the word toilet? Or was someone constantly going, it's, it's not a bathroom. There's no bath in there, which people do. <laughs> True. But it's a fair point. Um, um, Unless it's in a house, in which case, often there is, there a, is bath. a bath. Yeah. So. Um, or was it something where, you, you know, I don't know, a little old lady had said it to you and you're like, oh, you know, and it was a cute moment and you just, and you kept that. Mm. And then it becomes something that's quite emotional with you. Um, and the life takes on a whole, the word takes on a whole life differently. Yeah. Which takes that's us back to mimetics. Oh, yeah. And like, what do you always mean by, yeah, mimetics. always coming back to mimetics. <laughs> so like, what is it that it means to you? What is the image that's in your mind? What is the connection to it? And actually, if we bring it, Full circle back to a connection again. Oh, wow. That thing of like, if somebody says, if somebody says, um, bread, yeah, to you, what what leaps into your mind when I say bread? Mm. So for me right now, a really nice sort of granary whole meal, oh. really like big sort of cob loaf that's kind of crusty and a bit floury and like. Mm. I'm really hungry. So, like, do you know what I mean? Like, having that and yeah. then having... So, what goes with that that's going to make it even more delicious and wonderful? And so, like, something... I'm kind of, like, craving something sort of wholesome and that sort of stuff. But somebody listening to this or you might have then thought of, you know, just sliced white bread or, like, a little a little bread roll mm. or, like, um, uh, a bagel or a bagel, depending on where you're from. Right? Yeah. And then, like, or it could be, I don't know, a flour tortilla, or it could be, yeah. like, a crumpet, mm. or a, you know what I mean? It could be, or an English muffin, as you guys are so want to say. But it could be anything, like, a bread product. And is it a slice, or is it a loaf, or is it a, And so you kind of have all this stuff that's going on, and when you talk about bread... What does that mean to you? Is it rye? Is it whole? Is it... Like, you know, like what is yeah. the whole thing? And so... The connection for each individual is going to be different relative, not just to the image that they have in their mind, but their experience, as you've just said, of that thing. Yeah. And so I have a, a, a student who I taught many years ago, and he recently came back for some lessons in this very room, in mm. fact. Lovely, lovely student. And his father 
is a baker hmm. and owns and they're German and they own a German bakery in South London. This is the best thing that's ever happened to I know. I, I love the bakery. <laughs> it's brilliant. And, but my, my student then was like, oh my God, all I want is like, you know, white bread, like just out of a packet. Like I've never had it my whole life. And, and if I have another piece of bread that has like seeds in it and is like good for you and it's like freshly diff- baked freshly baked and smells amazing <laughs> oh. I was like really? he's like oh if I have another one ever I'm going to kill myself like it was he just hated it mm. he just got to the stage where he was like I just don't want good bread that people like you know oh it's such good bread mm. all I want is the worst example of bread that you can possibly give me my dad would hate it that I'm eating it but that I just that's all I want mm. and um, I was like oh god no I just can't even see that as a thing I want like a really like crusty lovely crunchy bread that I can really get my teeth into and he was like Ugh. no so even though we were talking about the same thing and I was having a really wonderful kind of warm generous reaction to the bread that his father would cook mm. and bake and he was like Ugh, worst thing in the world all I want is out of a packet mm. We were literally talking the opposite way, but we, he could have had that same reaction to bread as an overall concept because he's sort of inundated with it. He was like, ugh, don't want. So from an actor's perspective, what does that, what does bread mean to you, the actor? Mm. Is that a nice experience? Is that not a nice experience? Are you gluten intolerant? I, more, more importantly, are you celiacs? I was just going to say. Right? Not yeah. intolerant, but like, do you actually have celiac disease? And therefore you cannot eat it because it literally make, brings you out in hives and makes you... But do you have a secret desire for it anyway? Right? And so what does that mean? And that's like really exciting and interesting and kind of dangerous. Yeah. Um, like, like a beekeeper who, who, is, who has you know, severe anaphylaxis but just can't stay away from the bees. This is, this is becoming a whole new podcast. No. <laughs> really just creating stories on the spot. I love it. Sure. But I let be but I, <laughs> I let bees do what? Um <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Um I I love the fact that it all comes from a word. Mm. And even more than a word a sound. And I'm really <laughs> phonemes. I'm I'm such a phoneme person. I'm like we all, I always go around and do that uh. thing was like if you're going to express love, what sound would you use to express love? And then could we plug those into a word? What words do you have that express love through that word? You know, and I get really I get so geeky and excited about it. Nice. Um, because then we start doing different languages. And I'm like, ooh, and then I get mm. off track and then I come back because it's a voice class, not a language class. But anyway, um, the connection is such an interesting thing because because you'll hear people talk about voice being this thing that is separate from language like there are definitely people mm. who are on that kind of spectrum where they're like there is voice and we have language um, to communicate but the voice is pure like that is that's the thing that we're working on um, but my whole thing is that they both fuel each other, mm. right? So the voice fuels the language. Without voice, oh, sorry, without language, you know, the voice would almost be like we'd just be shouting at each other. I guess. Also, what we, would you say? Yeah. Well, maybe we would find another way to communicate. I had a whole conversation with, about this with students before about what happens in the absence of language, what what mm. comes, um, and but 
And, and just a side note, just really quickly, because then I start thinking that even if you don't have, say, the words, right, um, we still communicate in another way because of all those paralinguistic utterances. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and even though we don't consider those to be a language, they are a means of communication. Mm-hmm. And so it is a different kind of code, isn't it? Um, which could technically be considered a language, even though it doesn't necessarily have a syntactic structure um, or morphemes or things of that nature. Um, yeah. And you... S- <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you're the linguist, so I'm just going to nod and smile for the minute, but I'm kind of thinking that may be not true. But sure, yeah, go on. Well, in, in a way, <clears throat> in a, like it's not as complex as what we know as no. languages yes, to yes, be. Yes. Um, but if we, take, if we take a kind of very simple version of language as being something that communicates something else, mm-hmm. because we then have like body language, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which of course isn't a language, but... Right, but it's a mode of but communication. But like, sure, yeah. Um, so then there's something special that happens with what happens when you take a, when you strip away the words and you just have the voice. Mm. Um, and then working with the voice to enhance the words um, or vice versa. Yeah. Working with the um, working with the words to get to the voice. Um, and you get to this weird kind of thing of communication is um, and connection, um, which I think is quite beautiful. And that's why I like to do what I do. I, the thing that <laughs> the thing that um, always occurs to me at that point mm. uh, with what what happens in the absence of language yeah. is kind of the absence of thought. Oh, this is deep. Yes, I know. Again. Sorry. Yes, but it's the absence of thought in so far as. What we know about cognition mm-hmm. is that the more an expression mm-hmm. is that the more sophisticated your understanding of the your ability to express, mm-hmm. the less um, the, the sort of less frustrated you are. Firstly, and also then the more imaginative you can be because you can you can imagine things that are beyond just the tactile and the concrete right because i often talk about this with students and i'm kind of like well to quote shakespeare a rose by any other name would smell as sweet mm. and they go what do you mean and i'm like okay who speaks other languages in the room and then they'll say oh someone go, oh, I, do, I speak another language what language do you speak oh french i'm like well, what's a rose in french and they're like rose i'm like sure so <laughs> it is said in a different way mm. but it still smells the same right and they're like yeah and then we'll talk about various different things. And like, basically, you know, how do we know that this thing is called a table? Mm. Well, it's not always called a table. Sometimes it's called a mesa. Sometimes it's called a table. Sometimes it's called, you know, any number of a, a, a myriad of things. Mm. And then what did we do? We kind of go, okay, this is the table. And you go, okay, cool, table. And then what do we do? We close our eyes and we walk away from the table. And we go, hey remember that table and then we're like oh my god yeah (laughs) does the table exist if we're talking about it but we're not looking at it yeah and then you go oh then it becomes philosophical and existential well it's that it's that semantic question isn't it is 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 the phoneme tied to the meaning um (laughs) sorry just had a little brain gasm there (laughs) (laughs) is the phoneme 
hides the meaning. Right. So if you line up a bunch of phonemes, so the, the whole thing was, I don't know, what, with, like we weren't supposed to do some methods. We're, we're, the connection brings you into lots of weird Yeah, places. yeah, it does, yeah. Um, uh, but it's that thing of it kind of being a, a, a double... Um, uh, one thing is is explicitly tied to the other thing. It's your signified and signifier, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if you line up a whole bunch of phonemes, let's say to say randomly, and they come into cat, right? Um, is there anything specific about the animal cat that has provided a k, a, and a t sound? Mm-hmm. And if you change it, will it still apply to that sound? And the answer is obviously no, right? No. Because you can take cat and, and make it tack or tack act. Or act. Right, and you get a completely different thing. Or atk. Right, um, and then if you add, and then if you add, you add a, a morpheme to it, you get um, cats. Right. Um, yep. So, so, so no, but then yes, because we know very specifically that if I say the word cat, something resembling um, the concept of what we know to be cats or surrounding that pops up. But then we can move on to a whole nother layer, which maybe you've had a very traumatic experience with a cat once in your life. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing that comes up is just fear. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, so I, it feels like almost what happens is, is you come up with like a species. Mm. So when someone says cat, you go, okay, species, feline, cat, something. Mm. So whether that's a lion or whether that's a kitten mm. or an ocelot, I love the word ocelot, oh, nice. or... <laughs> Sorry, the well-known Stephen Fry joke that he tells often, which is, "How do you titillate an ocelot? How? You oscillate his titillot, <laughs> <laughs> which is a really stupid. I Just every time I say ocelot, I'm like ocelot. <laughs> but you know, like what is? So you kind of get a species, and then you have to sort of narrow it down. Mm. And again, if as as you've said, like if your experience of a cat has been overwhelmingly positive or overwhelmingly negative, mm. then your response will be relatively in line with that. Mm. Yeah. And even if you plug it into, say, like a text, oftentimes what you get is when students read the first time, they're just reading, say, the concept of that word, not... Um, the second or third meaning of it um, Mm -hmm. or not whatever it connects to either within the context or within a play or within a character because that takes another kind of level of analytics of of looking at it in that perspective Um, and so part of the work is taking it and looking and saying oh yeah okay so here's here here's here's the the nuts and bolts of it Mm-hmm. Um, someone's talking about going and, and eating ice cream. Yeah. So there's an actual physical thing. We're going to go and eat the ice cream. This is how it's going to happen. Um, but then if we th- we think about possibly what the meaning of ice cream is, is it good? Do we like ice cream? Um, is is no. ice cream a metaphor in the whole play? Can you eat mm-hmm. ice cream? Are you lactose intolerant? Is this going to be a dreadful thing? Is someone going to tell you that your mother possibly died at the ice cream shop and you kind of already know this and then we're going, yeah, like, and then what it taints ice cream. Yeah. And so what is happening? Well, with like the my experience as a child of always having a cone, like mm. a cone with a soft whip ice cream, and mm. then every time I went to lick it, it fell off. It fell off. Yeah. Every time. Mm. So I can't be bothered with ice cream anymore. My, mine is I have really sensitive front teeth. And so I, yeah. So, but I still like ice cream. 
Because I was determined to like it. No, I just didn't. I was like, ugh, I can't bother doing it. You're better than I was. Because I was like, I will like this thing. I had mango sorbet yesterday. That was a nice experience. I like that. Delicious. Oh. Sometimes it can be too fruity. sweet for me, though. Mm. Depends on who makes it. I mean, it was probably just out of a box. I don't really know. <laughs> I paid a fortune for it. Um... But then that's really interesting, like the different layers of the connections and reading it at, at first and just sort of making an initial assessment of what it is that it means, but then not necessarily delving any deeper on a first reading of something like right. as an acting student yeah. or as, an, or as a, you know, an actor. And that then you actually have to like reread it and read it a third or a fourth time to really start to notice that there are other layers to it and that actually maybe your your initial response to something mm. when it's text is not necessarily the response of the character it might be your actor response it might be your individual response but is not necessarily or in any way shape or form necessarily going to be mm. the character's response mm. and to bring that back around to what you were saying earlier mm. um about uh communication and how things get uh, missed in tweets and things of that yeah. nature. That's the same thing. A lot of times, and if we were to go in further about it into like the pragmatics of what what we do in a conversation, um, that lots of times we have a motivation for talking um, mm. to someone. Mm. Um, and if you mess up and you start to read your motivation as someone else's motivation, the whole conversation can go <laughs> blah, 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 Yeah. Right? We miss the whole thing because you're too busy thinking about you and then putting you onto everyone else. Um, and you go around miscommunicating with people because this is a lot of times, you know, mm. if you've got lots of social anxiety and you start to think, oh my God, everyone's judging me. Just because you judge other people does not mean that other people yeah. are not judging other people. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, and that's a whole nother conversation for for another thing because maybe there's a tiny bit of judgment, but judgments are needed to make decisions and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's a first read of it, right? Mm. It's like just if you were to go and um, say either stand up and teach a class for the first time, um, and if you're petrified of doing that, as I was, um, the first read is, oh my gosh, they're going to slaughter me. Right. <laughs> it's like they're just going to. And, and if you teach young people, like eight years old <laughs> or anything in that vicinity, there's a slight possibility that they might. Yeah. But, um, but that's your first reading of it. But as you kind of sit in it, you realize they don't want to. Right? They don't want to have a bad experience. No, they want to have a good experience. They want to have a good experience in your class. Mm. But oftentimes, it's not the first reading that we have in that. In, in that scenario and most times you know if you get up on stage the same thing it's like oh my gosh I'm petrified I'm gonna mess it up none of us want you to mess it up we all want to have a really great time here and that's the same thing with auditions mm. as well I say this just to people all the time just like you you do know that whoever's auditioning you desperately wants you to be the person who walks home. into the room and just goes bang I'm the person that you want and mm. they go oh yes Yes. You are the person I want. Send everyone else home. Yes. And like, often they don't send everybody else home so they'll sit through everybody else. But mm. the point is that they they always want you to do the best and be the person who is going to be the answer to their, mm. you know, search in that given moment. So that it's not just like, hmm, my watch has gone off. Um, so like, it's not just some random event where you turn up and they 
want you to fail. Mm. It's a specific event where you turn up and they want you to succeed. Yeah. So, and much like teaching as well in a certain mm. context. But with actors, um, we also have to, as voice people, mm. teach people how to read the subtext. Oh, yeah. Because for whatever reason, they will just read the surface thing. And then we actually have to teach people, no, no, no. There is also something else that's going on here. And maybe because of the stress pattern that mm. you're using, because of the intonational pattern that you're using, because of the inflective pattern that you're using, etc., 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 ad nauseum, mm. you're not really getting the message across. Mm. So think about maybe what your key word is in that phrase. Ugh. And then people start to realise that maybe what they're saying is not what they first thought. Yes. And you had a thing about connection of thought and, I don't know, I don't remember what it was. You said it really nicely. Uh, this is why white things down. I'm, I'm going to say my thing and I feel like it's going to spark your thing. So I'm just going to go ahead. Okay, fine, do it. Because um, I often teach um, the connection of, of having the thought, um, then the breath, and then saying the word. It's, it's a very simple thing of thinking before you speak, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, where it's like, here's here's the thought, um, and if I'm going to say, maybe maybe my word is cat, um, but my thought, I really, I'm having a thing with cats. Today, sure. I really am. Yeah. Um, but, but maybe the thought is, I'm really exhausted, and I want you to know that I'm exhausted, and I don't want to be like, eating lunch with you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have that thought of exhaustion, desperation, whatever it is. I take the breath. God. Right? And then you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, it could take a long time to do that for every single word. Um, so we do it in phrase or whatever it is. Yeah. But as long as you're connecting that back to the thought, because oftentimes what ends up happening is that you get a bunch of text. Um, yeah. And you look at it, and, you, and a lot of people just go, no, nah, I'm just going to say it. And then halfway through, they find that, and somebody shouts out, it's not connected to anything. Or what is it me? Yeah. And that people then recite. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is a different skill. Which is a different skill. Yeah. But even then, I don't feel like in a contemporary age, here we go, in a contemporary age, people want to sit and listen to or stand and listen to recitation. Mm. What they want is something that is connected mm. at all times. Whether you're listening to a politician, whether you're listening and your local MP or your president or your prime minister, whether you're listening to an actor talking about an experience that this character has had and this actor talking as character about this experience that they've had, mm. whether it's you know, whatever, it could be any kind of thing, but it rather than it, I, I often give the note afterwards where I congratulate an actor for giving me a wonderful recitation. And they're just like, oh, that's a really bad note. I'm like, well, you knew all the words. Mm. I don't care, but you knew all the words. Mm. And there is a thing about knowing the words. Mm. Yeah, you've got to know the words. Fine. That's not even the end of page one Mm. in how to do this. So it's more important that I often say to people, I'd rather you had the book in your hand, Mm. but had a real connection to what you were saying Mm. than had memorized it. Memorization doesn't impress me much. Mm. Shania Twain. But like, 
Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't care that you've learned the words. What I care is that you have a connection to it. Yeah. So let's go back and let's look at what does it mean for you to say that word? Mm. What does it mean for you to say, to, to express that phrase illustrating the thought that's in your head about a feeling that you have that connects to me as another human being? Mm. And then say it. And then often student actors say, what, for every line? And I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every single thought. Every moment, every gesture, every everything that you do on stage. Mm. And the thing that I find excruciatingly frustrating mm. is watching things on stage and on film, but less on film because often they just... Edit it. Edit it and yeah. cut to a different shot. Certainly on stage, where I'm watching actors wait for their line. Mm. Yeah. Why are you waiting for your line? You're still alive. You're still doing something. Yeah. You're still you're still in that space. That character is still breathing. Yeah. And is alive. You're still breathing. You're still breathing. Hopefully. You're still alive. <laughs> why why are you why have you sort of powered down? Yeah. And then power up again, yeah. ready to just in time for your cue to and be able to say something. Does that like in real life? Like, do you just do you ever just wait and just go? <laughs> Stop breathing. Just <laughs> become like a no, no, scared yeah, yeah. Just, rabbit. Just, in I'm, just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for you to say something, so I can then say something. Yeah. Else. I mean, there is what there is. What you will get is that I'm just waiting for you to finish, so I can <laughs> so I can say something. Yeah. But even that has a, has a motivation behind that. Even that has like a different like an intention behind it. It's like I really have something I want to say. It's almost like guys, you should go back and listen to one of our earliest episodes about listening. Because yes. we've totally talked about this before. We have. Um, which doesn't mean we're running out of stuff. No. No. Connection not is not by a long so shot. <laughs> but we <laughs> are schematizing this for you guys and for ourselves occasionally. <laughs> Literally in the moment of saying it, we're like, oh my God, that's so connected. It is. Which we already sort of knew, but then sometimes you say it out loud and then it's like, it's a thing. Does it exist? That's on the internet, that's on Apple, exactly. iTunes. Is it, this is one of those things. Does it exist if you don't say it out loud? Because you might know it, oh. but only you have it. Does it exist if it's not something that you can communicate and share with somebody else? Hashtag therapy. <laughs> and also, can't believe I just used a hashtag. And also, so early I have had realisations, I have had several realisations in my life mm-hmm. about myself and about situations that I found myself in mm-hmm. that I have known in my heart and I've known in my head, but until I stood there and actually said it out loud, mm. I didn't want to do it. Like I have, the, I've had the same thing, and it can be a lot of times it's with love. Like you really feeling something towards someone, mm. and it doesn't, it doesn't, um, and you're like, oh, I got this funny feeling. Like I really like being around this person, and blah blah blah. <laughs> blah. And I was like, I don't know what that is, and then you stop and you go, oh, I love this person, <laughs> but it doesn't really kind of hit you until it's until you until you put it outside of yourself and you and you kind of see it floating around. Mm. And I think that's what voice kind of does. It it, it both it, it takes something internal and it puts it outside of you, so you can go look there. It is you can hear it. Mm. It's creating a consequence, which is a whole nother like podcast. Yeah, because you can never take it back. No, you can shape it, and you can manipulate it. You can but try. You, you can't. You, you can't say, "Oh no." Mm-mm. You, and no you can't rewind. delete it like a tweet. No. 
And hence why you need to, to breathe and think before you speak. And check in with yourself. Mm. Check oh in before God. you wreck somebody it. Somebody used to, somebody used to say that quite a lot. I think what? it was one of our teachers used to say, check in, just have a check in with yourself. Check in with yourself. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Lots of people say that. Yeah. It's just like, see, see what words do. I'm like, like I'm just, I'm just like, yeah, you give me a now. flurry of words. <gasps> so, Leon. Andrea. What have you learned? I don't know what the word is I'm supposed to use. It's not learned. Discovered. Realized. Realized. realized Sorry, I apologize. Realization. Realized, what have sure. you, what have you realized? <sighs> I've realized the interconnectivity Ooh, like that. of connection. Mm. I've also realized that I find your hair fascinating mm. um, when it is straightened, but not relaxed. It's also not really straight. Like, it's straight, but it's not... Like, it's not... wavy. I've never seen it like this. Yeah. It's also because it's quite frizzy. Um, as in, and there's a lot of volume to it. There is it. volume in a Diana Ross kind of way. Yeah. You just have to look at something. It is. My hair. If you pardon the pun. Supreme. And <laughs> uh, with that, good night. No, Andrea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what have you realized? I just realized that we're basically like wearing the same outfit. <gasps> you so are. Like, You've got loads of hair and no glasses, and I've got no hair and loads of glasses. Yeah. I'm going to say but loads like, of, I've literally just got one pair the, on. But... The, our, the sweater is like similar colors, and we are both wearing the similar color jeans. Oh, so. God. Well, your boots Which are black. You can't see. My boots are yeah. a tan. Um, so realization. Oh gosh. Connection. I really want to start singing the rainbow connection, but um <laughs> I think Why it's Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Um but I think I think what I realized about connection is that how massive it is. And I always get into this thing when I start talking about connection because I inevitably start talking about my mimesis and I inevitably start <laughs> talking about... Um, when you're in good company. Um, semiotics. Um, and it takes me to this mm-hmm. weird kind of thing. Um, but I think my realization is it is in everything that we do that we seek a connection through almost everything that we do. Mm. And it needs to be honored. That's what I'll say. Honor your connection, Honor guys. Honor your connection through your daily life. This has turned into like a weird meditation. Thing. Oh my God, you get a car. You get it. You've turned into Oprah. <laughs> it's the hair. It's the, the hair. hair. The bigger the hair Oprah gets, hair. The, more, the more Oprah I get. Honor your connection in everyday life. Yeah, in your daily life. In your daily life. Yeah. Okay, that's going on Twitter. Got it. Might make a meme. If you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at Can You Hear Pod or on Instagram at Can You Hear Me Podcast. Or you can search for us on Facebook and on YouTube. Or email us at Can You Hear Me at the back at gmail.com. You can find me, Leon, on Twitter at Leon Trayman. Or me, Andrea, at Andrea Fudge on Twitter. Please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our Patreon site. The link is in the show notes. To keep the podcast advertisement free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you, bye!